Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. This week, I'm joined by Andy in San Fran and Ben is with him in the room in San Fran as well. Um, Andy, how are you doing and what was your football highlight from this game week or two game weeks that we've been away for? Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, and my football highlight of the week actually comes from the transfer window rather than from any of the games that have happened since we last podded because uh, my favourite player... Umar Nias has transferred to Cardiff City and is now in the starting lineup of a team. So the uh, the enforced bet that, that Matt uh, had with me that he would score more goals than than Jenk Tossen this year looks like it might actually come true, even though Nias started the season not even like anywhere near anyone's team. So that would be amazing if that happened. Not not so much good for me as bad for Matt. So Tosin's currently on two goals for the season. Um, I'm guessing Nias has none, but now he's actually playing. Yeah, it could be back on. It could be back on. That's right. So I could be winning two bets against Jack to- Tosin this year. One with one on Sigurdsson, which I think is pretty safe, and one the unlikely one on Omar Nias. You can just see it when it comes down to the relegation fight games, the six pointers at the end of the season. Omar Nias is that unlikely hero. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to play for Cardiff. I don't have anybody else. Um, and he's not a bad player. He sort of, whenever he's been on the pitch, I've seen him, he's looked all right. Like, he's not, you know, he's not like, uh, I don't know, Sergio Aguero, but he's all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> could happen. Watch out, Matt. Look out, Matt. That's right. He's coming for you. <laughs> How about you, Ben? What was your football highlight from the last couple of game weeks? So, I, I haven't managed to watch too much football from this game week, but I did catch the highlights of the cat that um, roamed onto the pitch for the Everton-Wolves game. And I saw it took them a good five minutes to get rid of the the cat, the Goodison Park cat. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. And a lot of like FPL players were, were saying the cat was more useful than Richarlison. So <laughs> <laughs> there was that. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if the cat has been there before. I don't know if it's like a Goodison Park cat. Um, but yeah, that was probably my football highlight of the week. Nice. I like it. Feline friend on the pitch. Um, my football highlight was I've been to the last two home games for Arsenal. So I saw us beat Chelsea and I saw us beat Cardiff. And while the football wasn't the most enthralling in the world, my highlight is Alex Lacazette and his work rate, tracking back, tackling people, um, scoring awesome goals, running from the halfway line and smashing in and just generally looking really good. Um, so, yeah, he's my highlight. Um, not enough of a highlight to bring him into my team, but it's just nice to watch it, watch him happy, which it doesn't seem to have been for most of the season. He's a very likable uh, player as well. I think Lacazette, like to me, because he's got his big square head and his arms and legs move really fast. He looks a bit like a minion. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when he's, his work rate's really high and he's doing really well, and he's really happy. Like I really enjoy watching him too. I just, I just love watching him in the box as well. Like his close control and how he creates space in the box. I haven't seen many players like it. It's a bit like Ian Wright from back in the day. He can kind of just fashion a goal out of no space whatsoever and. He did that against Chelsea and then, yeah, I, yeah, he's, he's just playing really well at the moment. But um, I should say we're recording on Sunday night. We've, um, I've just seen 
Arsenal lose quite heavily against Man City away. And obviously, yeah, that highlight comes crashing to the ground because Lacazette didn't really get a sniff in that game. Um, so let's forget about that and let's move on to our game weeks, which are still in progress because we've still got games to come on Monday, um, Monday and Wednesday um, with the double game week. But currently sitting top of the pile is Ben. Ben, how is it going for you currently? Currently, I am on 60 points. Um, and I'm in the strange position where all my players have scored apart from my captain. So my, I have two Crystal Palace players, uh, Gvaita and Wambisaka. They got a clean sheet. Uh, Doherty got an assist. Alonso, and, um, Alonso kept a clean sheet. So I kind of um, held on to my Chelsea players for one more week against Huddersfield. Um, they've been really terrible for me and a big reason my rank has been going down the last couple of weeks, but decided to hang on with to them before I, I ship them out the coming game week. So Alonso got a clean sheet. I had a feeling he would come back in after um, for Emerson after they lost so heavily against Bournemouth. And then Hazard was my big differential. So he finally stopped trolling me and got a brace. So he, he got 15 points. And then today I got a nice Pogba to, to Rashford, a goal and assist. And my, my kind of star player is Jimenez. He just keeps ticking along. He's like a legend. <laughs> I think I got him at six, six million. And he also got, and every time he seems to score, he seems to pick up bonus. So he got nine points. Um, so 60 points, which I feel like I should be happy about, but I think it's still a red arrow because I don't have much. Uh, Man City coverage, and I think a lot of people, I think either had Aguero or Sterling or captain them. So yeah, um, I think I'll probably be around my same rank at the end of this game week, but still have Firmino, Salah to to, to play tomorrow. Yeah, and it's going well. It's definitely going well. It's nice to see a team when you're getting almost all of the players getting a points return. You know that you're on for a good week. Yeah, apart from my stupid captain. I think we all captain Sane, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a logical move. No, nobody saw Pep Guardiola playing Sterling and Bernardo Silva as inverted wingbacks. So I think it was, <laughs> a, it was a solid plan, captaining Sane, that just didn't come off. Yeah, Sane against Lichtsteiner, I thought, was like the most obvious yeah. managerial move, and Pep didn't do it, per usual. And I think the, the crucial thing is that you didn't triple captain Sane. Yeah, um, that's true. Which... I, I was tempted to. So, yeah, I think that, that was the good thing to avoid. Yeah, but I can't complain. Um, hopefully, hopefully Salah and Firmino do stuff. And I assume Sane will play against Everton, but who knows with Pep. He may play, I don't know, Danilo at Liverpool <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if, if he does, Salah's going to be coming in as your captain. So keep an eye on tomorrow night. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous if my double game week captain didn't play both games. <laughs> That's Pep Roulette. Pep Roulette, yeah. Okay, Andy, how was your game week? So my uh, my Midas touch continues where uh, when I transfer players out, they score. Um, first, I transfer. Is that the Midas touch? Yeah. Oh, every time I touch a player, they score. It just happens to be transferring them out of my team that causes this. I transferred that to Sigurdsson and he scored. Then Richarlison and he scored. And uh, this week, I... Uh, sorry, actually, then I transferred Richarlison and Jimenez. And they both scored. 
Now this week, I saw Higuain look so dreadful against Bournemouth and panicked and got rid of him. And he scored a lot of goals. So, yeah, it's been a, a pretty annoying thing to watch. But my transfers in were Hoon Son and Llorente. Um, so they both got points for me. So at least it wasn't a complete wash. Um, I have Juan Bissaka and I have uh, Doherty. They both uh, scored points for me. Um, Pogba and Rashford both scored points as well. So the number of players contributing has been good. But each of them, Son's the only double, double point haul that I have this week, which means that the overall contribution isn't great. Um, Sané obviously didn't play today, which is annoying for all of us. Um, so I'm really all eyes on Salah, I guess. But again, we all have Salah, so that's not much of a differential. Um, so I'm currently, once Doherty comes in from the bench for Alexander-Arnold, I will have 44 points. Um, which, you know, assuming um, between Salah and Sané, they do something over the course of the next two games. That will come out as a I'm expecting to be in the 50s or 60s after the end of the game week. But given Aguero has uh, has absolutely nailed it for so many people this week, that might not actually be a good score overall compared to the rest of the league. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, does it does it make you think with your transfers in future, you're going to kind of be a bit more patient? I mean, I'm just the, thinking about the Urente one. I'm trying to think of ways of getting Urente out of my team now, and you've just brought him into your team. Yeah, I brought him in because he's really cheap, and I to, I was trying to upgrade from Snodgrass to Son, which is obviously a like insanely big upgrade. So um, getting Urente in wasn't like part of the plan; it was like an enabler so that I could get Son in. Um, so I'm holding on to him for now as like a, a reserve striker until Harry Kane comes back. Um, he. He got an assist this week. He will continue to play more minutes than his value would otherwise indicate. Um, so I think he's he's good value for money, even if he's not somebody that you, he's never going to be first name on your team sheet. But there is, for the price, Tottenham's seemingly first choice striker right now is pretty good at five point seven. Is he? Yeah, he is five point seven. Yeah, I suppose. And when he comes on, they're pushing for a goal, and he can get assists. And he has had so many big chances over the last four game weeks. It is unbelievable the goals he has missed. Um, and surely they're going to start kind of rolling in a bit more if he plays those minutes. Yeah, I think he will do as well. Like he, Tottenham looked really sluggish without him, and then he came on and got an assist for the goal this week. So. Um, I kind of feel like he's doing everything he can to to show that the team is better with him in it than without him. So I, I think he's going to keep playing. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, it's my team. I think I'm currently on 35 points with bonus. Um, yeah, I'm having a bit of a tricky period at the moment. I, I'm just about still at the top of the league. I'm not sure if I still will be at the end of this game week. Um, I think Matt went into this game week one point behind me, almost knocking me off the top. And I don't think I'm going to be at the top for very much longer because I, I think I've lost it. I think I've lost <laughs> the flow. My, my transfers, I think Urente was a nightmare transfer for me to make, especially because I left him on the bench last week for his 12-point haul, um, which was a really bad decision. If I brought him in, I should have at least played him for that game. Um, so it's it's really set me back. Um, apart from that, I brought in Laporte this week for Dean, um, which has gone pretty well. I I was listening to the game and I thought, oh, he's got an assist, that's brilliant. And then he nearly scored a header, but it was well, he scored a header, but it was disallowed um, for offside. And that would have been a huge haul. 
but he goes into another game, ho- hopefully, you know, the, the most sure to start of City's defenders with five points in the bag. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good return from him. I think that was a good transfer. I think it might cause some problems down the line, um, but hopefully it's going to be worth it and we'll see after the Everton game if it is. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of flailing a little bit. I'm looking at other people's teams and I think they look a lot stronger than me and I don't think I can sustain it at the top of the league. So, yeah, I think it just it just goes to show me how one transfer can make such a difference. And if you make it like I did with Llorente, you take a bit of a punt, it it can really not pay off when I've been making the kind of, the kind of template well-informed by... You know, fancy football scout transfers all season haven't been going too crazy anywhere, really. And yeah, just one transfer can set you quite a long way back. Um, so yeah, that's my team. Um, any comment, guys? Any advice to stop the rot? I, l- I love the uh, zero confidence you have in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Basically saying I'm completely bottling it to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come and get me, Matt. I um, yeah, the mind games have worked finally. Uh, or maybe maybe I'm just trying to make him overconfident. Maybe that's oh, the maybe point. it's yeah, reverse mind games. But now you just told him about the reverse mind games. Like, maybe it's reverse reverse mind games. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so obviously we still got some games to go, but we're gonna look ahead um to the upcoming fixtures next weekend. And first up, it's Ben with Fulham versus Man United. Yes, so I think the couple things here are Fulham are not good. (laughs) I mean, they lost the Palace 2-0, I think deservedly so. Um, I think Man U got a a hard-fought win today. So I, I would be backing a win for United, but I think it'll still be fairly close. Because um, the following Tuesday or Wednesday we have um, to play PSG in the Champions League, so there could be some rotation. This this may be a game that Solskjaer rolls out through Lukaku Sanchez combo. Um, although my guess is we still play Pogba Rashford. Um, the only thing I noticed today too was Phil Jones was was swapped in with Eric Bailly. So if you have Phil Jones, that that may not be um, the greatest move. But yeah, I think we'll just have one eye on the Champions League, so it may just be a, a narrow win for United. It's probably my prediction. I think that's fair enough. They seem to be kind of going for those narrow wins rather than pushing for big scores in a few games recently. I think we're just knackered. <laughs> yeah, the end of the game today, like um, the last 20 minutes, Lingard, Rashford, um, like they, they looked exhausted, like out in their feet, Matic as well. Um so I don't. I think that I think Solskjaer is going to have to rotate in order to keep his players like to get some some energy back towards the end of games. Otherwise, we're going to we, we def, we'll definitely lose to PSG if we play in the last twenty minutes like we did today. Um, so I think we are going to see my shout. Will be, I think we're going to see a rotation. I think we're going to see Lukaku, Sanchez. We're going to see maybe even Fred will make an appearance. What happened maybe. to Fred? Don't know. <laughs> yeah, faces are fit, does it? But um, yeah, I, I think we, we'll need to rotate. Otherwise, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in trouble. One thing that caught my eye um, looking at Matt's team recently is that he's brought in Victor Lindelof, which I think has been a great move. Um, a big differential 
he's come in with a goal recently. You know, he's got three clean sheets in his last five games. And the fixtures over the next four games, he's playing Fulham, Palace and Southampton. So you've got to think that he will he'll be getting more returns from that. And 4.9, if people are looking for replacements for Luca Dean and Alexander-Arnold seems kind of injured at the moment, not sure if he's going to start, that might be a good option for some people. What do you reckon? I'm very annoyed that he did that because uh, he was saying how smart Gary was to pick Phil Jones. And I was like, no, Lindelof's better, Matt. And he said, no, he's not. And then he picked Lindelof and he's done really well. And I didn't. Yeah, I did tell you to get a Man U defender in, though. But uh, I think the games I was telling you to get them in for, the, uh, Brighton and Burnley, didn't go so well for the defence. Yeah, um, that's true. Luke Shaw's the other one, because he's still pretty cheap as well, and he gets forward. And uh, I think, although Lindelof has had a couple of, uh, of of moments in the box recently, that's not really his game. Whereas it is with Luke Shaw. So um, that's I'm looking harder at that transfer at the moment, if I can find a way of doing it without... Um, damaging my overall strategy. Uh, just bonus point wise, Lindelof is looking pretty good. He's got three bonus point returns in the last five. Yeah, I know he's got a goal, in one, Me? but he, he seems to be pretty good for bonus. He seems to be emerging as like the centerpiece of the defence, doesn't he? So um, obviously, as a Man U fan, that makes me happy. But uh, that, that makes him a, a good asset for Matt, which makes me unhappy. Fair enough. Um, what do you reckon to Crystal Palace West Ham, Andy? Crystal Palace West Ham. I would expect this to be a Palace win, although you never really know with West Ham. Um, I think the West Ham season uh, has kind of been generally inconsistent, and that's the way their team has been characterised. But um, I think they're, they've lost the good part of that inconsistency recently because the Arnautovic thing seems to have completely thrown them. Um, his head doesn't seem to be in the game anymore and they don't really have anybody to replace his position. So I, uh, I think this is going to be a Palace win. I think it could be um, the uh, the first start for Mishi Batswahi, which would significantly improve their team if he can hit the ground running. So um, he's one to look out for in this game, I think. And for people who are looking for a, a player around that price range, um, I think he might be an interesting one to transfer in. So again, they're... they're um, they're not a team that's going to go far in the cups, so they uh, he should be consistently playing. Um, and you know their, their alternatives are Jordan Ayew and Alexander Solov, who are nowhere near as good as him. So yeah, um, that's a little uh, a tip that I've been looking out for. If, uh, for those who are looking to uh, to follow that advice, uh, that's why he is six point five million, so not a not a hugely expensive player. Um, on the West Ham side, we spoke before about Felipe Anderson. I think it's time to get rid right now because uh, without anybody ahead of him, like making space for him, he seems to have really dropped off in form. Um, I would be jettisoning West Ham assets right now and conveniently, Palace might be a good place to look for similarly priced and similarly placed in the table players because they seem to be coming into a bit of form right now. Yeah, I'm stuck a bit on the Fanderson one, Felipe Anderson, because... I think they've had a couple of tough fixtures recently um, and his form has definitely reflected that. They've played kind of Liverpool, Wolves, Arsenal. Um, but there's another patch of green coming up. You know, they've got this, they've got Palace, they've got Fulham, Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield. Those are all really good names to be playing against. And I just remember when Anatovic was out with his injury for that long time, Felipe Anderson was the one to step up with the goals. Um you know, before Christmas and when they're in that good patch of form. 
So I, I wonder whether if anyone's going to step up, maybe he is, but possibly he's just knackered because he's had to play so much, you know, 90 minutes of every game. Maybe he's just too tired and, you know, and the British winter is not, maybe he's not loving it. The other thing is um, West Ham's defence was never the strongest part of their team, but it was kind of holding it together. Um, but the defence seems to have really gone to pieces recently. And even if you are a good attacking player who generally like does well, if your team is conceding two or three goals per game, um, like the whole team's like morale tends to drop and they, they stop playing as well generally. So that's really what I see in West Ham right now is that the sort of the weakest part of the team's collapsing. They've the strongest part of their team has got a serious problem with it. I just don't think they're gonna do very well for the rest of the season unless Arnatovich like jumps out of his funk. I definitely agree when you're saying talking about mentality. I heard a an interview with Zabaleta um over the last week or so where he was saying basically we need to get back to the team we were before Christmas. This the situation with Arnatovich has really like basically messed up messed up the team and the morale within the dressing room. So they are a team in a bad space at the moment. And I think you're probably right to, to say, get rid of West Ham assets because when a team are in that kind of funk, even Crystal Palace can turn them up and, and tonk them. Um, yeah. So I, he's your man. He is indeed. Um, and we'll come on to that in gut punts possibly. Um, next up it's Huddersfield Arsenal. And this is one for me. Um, I think, weirdly, watching the Arsenal-Cardiff game, um, I was quite surprised that Emery played his uh, diamond formation with three uh, kind of defensive central midfielders in in uh, Xhaka, Torreira and Guendouzi, um, who worked so effectively against Chelsea, shutting them down, stopping their possession. But against Cardiff... It was completely pointless in the first half. We created very little. So I'd be very surprised and very annoyed if he goes with the same system against Huddersfield away. I would hope that he would play Ozil, who looked so good, I thought, against Cardiff. He didn't create um, the great chances, but he just looked another level. When you're kind of struggling for creativity, that, that kind of quality against Huddersfield could really tell. You know, we've seen it with Chelsea this week. Chelsea really struggled against Bournemouth defensively and offensively, but Huddersfield, it was like there was no problem whatsoever because you're basically playing against the team who are who are doomed. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Ozil. I'd hope that he would start him because he didn't play him against City, although he was on the bench. Um, yeah, I think I see goals for Arsenal in this one. I see Aubameyang. People are talking about him being essential for this run of of games coming up um, and definitely as a captain option for game week 27 um, in the blank uh, when Liverpool and Man United play each other. So he's definitely in my thoughts about bringing him in because if you are going to bring him in, they've got these three great fixtures, Huddersfield, Southampton, Bournemouth, then it gets tough with Spurs and Man United. So it's almost not worth waiting for that Southampton game in the blank. It's almost worth bringing him for these three games. The things, the thing I struggle with with Aubameyang is when I watch him in the games, like the Cardiff game. I didn't bring him into my team. I had a choice to. I get. A, I had a chance to. Instead, I went for Firmino, and Aubameyang looked like he wasn't involved. He was losing the possession. He wasn't getting chances, and then suddenly he decides to take the penalty. Lacazette gives it to him. He scores it. 
And for his next trick, he passes the ball to Lacazette on the halfway lane and Lacazette runs the rest of the pitch and scores. So I think I, I vented on our WhatsApp group, but Matt came back to say that's his game. He He's not really involved in score goals. And he just score, scores goals. He's top of the league for points as a forward. And I think he's not really someone you can eye test. He's just someone who is going to score goals. And in the easy fixtures, especially, rather than against the big teams. So, yeah, I think get him in if you can. Um, Huddersfield, uh, ready for the taking. Um, and, oh, sorry, Ben, what do you reckon to Liverpool-Bournemouth? Uh, so we haven't seen Liverpool play yet. Um, Bournemouth did their Jekyll and Hyde again after beating Chelsea 4-0. Um, conspired to lose this weekend to... Who did they lose to? Someone not good. Cardiff. Yeah, Cardiff. Cardiff. That's right. Umani yeah. Ass. Who didn't score over the goals? But Bobby Umani Ass. They lost to Umani Ass. Yeah. That's important. Um, and Bournemouth played this attacking open style, which I feel like will not go well against Liverpool at Anfield. So I think this is should be a, a, a Liverpool win with a lot of goals scored. Um, so Liverpool assets looking good. Apparently Trent Trent Alexander Arnold should be back for this game week, although unknown because Klopp is kind of he doesn't give a ton of details on like injuries. Um, so Trent is one that I'm looking at and bringing in if he comes back. Um, Mane too has been ticking along quite well, which is quite annoying because Gary has him. Um, so he seems to score one one goal every game week. So, yeah, I think this will be a Liverpool win. Should be quite comfortable. Um, wouldn't be looking at too many Bournemouth assets. I, I think the best Bournemouth asset is, is David Brooks, but he's out for like a month. Um, so, yeah, I think not too much here. I think Liverpool win. Uh, the only thing with, with Bournemouth is I think they have really good fixtures after game week 30. So, if you're thinking super long term, um, later down the line, I think they're, they're quite good for the blank game weeks. But not for this game. Yeah, I agree. Game week 30 is when the fixtures really swing and it's a sea of green, but they also play, I think, both game week 31 and game week 33 blanks. Um, so, yeah, good shout for the long term, but I agree, not for the short term. Eddie Howe was saying in one of his post-matches, I think, against Chelsea, he was saying, yeah, we've really looked at the defence Recently, we had a real issue, so we've been focusing on it. And you could see that in the stats. They completely flipped. They were one of the whipping boys earlier, and the stats had kind of turned around, and they were suddenly one of the most attacking teams in the league and looking good at the back. But then it all comes crashing down against Cardiff away. So, yeah, I think fair enough, Ben. Uh, Liverpool getting the win in this one. Any defence that has Steve Cook as their main centre-back, it's just like, I just don't trust it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Bournemouth, are, they're an interesting side, Bournemouth, I think, because normally they, uh, they're just really consistent and they lose to the good teams and beat enough of the bad teams that they end up mid-table. Um, but that 4-0 against Chelsea was so out of character for them. Like, it's either just going to be this like weird result that just stands out as Chelsea being terrible, or it might be a seminal moment for them where they sort of actually took the step up and took on a good team and beat them. I don't think they're good enough to take on Liverpool. But um, who knows when they when they play other good teams? They they who's who, who have they got? Who's the next good team they're playing? Let me check. Um... Wolves, Arsenal, and Man City coming up after Liverpool. Oof. 
that's a rough that, ride. That is a rough ride. But when, but Wolves and Arsenal are both good teams, right? That they, they, they would you'd expect them to struggle against Wolves at, uh, at home and then Arsenal away. But I kind of feel like this is going to be a, a solid test of how good the team really is. And it'll be interesting to see for their performance next season when we're, we're pre-picking our teams. I think the results that Bournemouth get over the course of the next few games might be indicative of whether it's whether their players are over or undervalued for next season. I think it's really tough. I think losing David Brooks after he's been on such good form, I think that's going to be a real problem for them in these big teams, uh, the games against these big teams, because he's been their kind of bright spark recently, and I think they're going to struggle. But let's have another look after game week 30. Let's come back to them then. Um, but for the moment, yeah, Liverpool filling their boots. Andy, what do you reckon to Southampton Cardiff? Well, obviously, uh, I would like for Umani to score a hat trick and uh, thereby <laughs> overtake Jane Tosson in one match. Uh, but being realistic, I think that Southampton are a better team than Cardiff and they're at home. And um, I don't really see Cardiff's defensive line having the technical quality to deal with the Hassan Hoodle hassle. So I think we'll see a Southampton win in this game. So, um, and Southampton are interesting as well because a lot of their attacking players having sort of come into the season with a reputation for being extremely bad at scoring goals. Recently, they seem to have got a little bit better. So Ward-Prowse and Redmond have, have showed up with double-point double, double point hauls recently. So I would be... I mean, I'm thinking very hard. I, I have David Brooks in my team. Um, I thought I was a genius for transferring him in and he immediately got 12 points and then got injured. So that's a problem that I have. And I'm looking at uh, Ward-Prowse and Redmond as potential replacements for Brooks while he's got this injury. Um, even though they've got a nightmare set of fixtures, they've got two really juicy ones in the midst of that. This is one of them. And then they've got Fulham two weeks later. So um, I think that it's it's probably worth hanging on to your cheap Southampton assets if you can afford to not play them during the difficult games so that you can have them in those easy ones. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a, this is a, a Southampton win. Um, I'm hoping that Umani Ask can get a goal in the despite being on the losing side, so maybe a, a 2-1 or something. Um, that would also mean that Bednarek doesn't get a clean sheet, which would be nice. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that. I guess that's it, is, uh, is look out for, uh, for Southampton attacking players in this game. I, Southampton have been on a great run recently. After drawing with Chelsea, they beat Leicester, they beat Everton, and then since then, they've been un- unbeaten. You know, Drew with Palace, a good Palace team, Drew with Burnley, kind of a resurgent Burnley. So, yeah, is, is it time to think about? Well, it's probably not time to think about bringing in these assets. It's possibly that should have been done already for their good run. Um, but yeah, are you considering James Ward, Ward Prowse maybe later in the season? Um, maybe one to watch. Well, I'm considering him right now because I think uh, with with Cardiff and Fulham coming up, like I say, if you can afford because they're cheap, you can afford to not play them. Um, for the for the difficult games they've got coming up, and then and then of course once they're through that, you've got them for the next set of games too. So I actually, I'm actually seriously considering both of those two right now as a replacement for David Brooks. Um, obviously later on in the season, I think that if they continue their current form, which I see no reason why they wouldn't do, forget the results they get, but the way that they're playing right now, if they can continue that, then they'll obviously pick up points towards the end of the season as well. So um, I actually think that if, if if you miss this game week then I wouldn't do it. It's not worth it for just the Fulham game. But for the Cardiff game and the Fulham game, I think Southampton attacking players are a decent shout um, right now. Fair enough. Um, Just a quick shout out to my brother. I convinced him this week uh, to get rid of 
Jason Redmond, uh, Nathan Redmond um, in favour of Leroy Sane. So Redmond comes in with his 11-point hole and Sane doesn't play. Excellent. Well, so well done, Duncan. Excellent I'm, advice to your competitors. <laughs> well, my competitor, I'm really close to Ali in the league, so that's, that's fantastic. Well done. <laughs> yep, it's all part of the plan. Um, next up is Watford-Everton. Um, this is one for me. I, I, I just think this might be one where I know a lot of people are annoyed at Richarlison at the moment. Um, they might have brought him in or they might have kept him for this double game week and he, he blanked in the first game of that. But I, I think maybe going back to Watford, he might be fired up to, to score against his old team. I'm half wondering whether he'll get the Zaha treatment from his old teammates and they might try and uh, kick him off the kick him off the park. But I just have a suspicion he'll be back in the familiar surroundings at Watford and I think he he might do well in this fixture. Um, as for Watford, they're quite a difficult team to predict. I think at the moment, the last I saw from the fantasy football scout statistics, I think they're bottom for chances conceded. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why Llorente was able to get a big haul against them, um, you know, misfiring Fernando Llorente. I think they're conceding a lot of chances at the moment. And I think... Richarlison is having a lot of uh, attempts. He's not having a lot of attempts on target, but he's having a lot of attempts. So I think that's hopefully a good combination for him. Um, Watford af- assets, I-, I wouldn't be looking at them at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is all about your Everton assets. And I-, I imagine that people will have some left over from the double game weeks and they'll be thinking, do they get rid of them now or do they wait and get rid of them in game week 27 when they blank? And I would, probably urge people to to hold on to them for this game week 26 um, because of the amount of chances that Watford are conceding. Um, I think Sigurdsson, Richarlison, players like that, I think this is a fixture where it's not a great fixture, but I think it's a fixture where it's worth holding on to them if it's not vital to get rid of them, um, depending on how your team is set up. Guys, do you want to pass comment on that or should we move on to Brighton Burnley, that tasty fixture? <laughs> um, I, I, I just want to say I, I, I don't agree with you, actually, Duncan, on, uh, on Richarlison and Sigurdsson. I think um, Richarlison's a bit of a sulker when he gets, uh, when he gets kicked. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to get kicked really, really hard, really often in this game. Um, and he'll vanish. That's, that, that's what I see happening. Uh, I think Watford are going to win this one at home. Uh, I, I, especially given that Everton are missing uh, Luca Dean and his replacement, um, the aging um, Leighton Baines, because he did a penalty this week. Like I, I, know, I, I think this is going to be a Watford win, and I, I wouldn't be picking Richarlison if this. I'd be getting rid. I'm going to jump in there because Luca Dean will actually be available yeah. um, if he if he gets through the Man City game unscathed. His suspension was only for one game, um, so he missed the first of the double game week games against Wolves at home. He'll play potentially play the City one at home because Baines is injured. Um, but I think he should be in contention if he gets through the Man City game unscathed. OK, I take, I take that bit back, back then. But still, I don't... Um, Everton are on terrible form at the moment. I, I think Watford will win this game. OK, well, it's just one of those fixes where you just don't know. It could go either way. I'm thinking one way, you're thinking the other. So, yeah, we'll just have to see. It's a difficult one to predict. Yeah. Um, Ben, Brighton Burnley, what do you think? 
I'm uh, not excited about this one. <laughs> I think mm. it'll either be nil-nil or one-all. Um, so maybe a good one for your defenders. Both teams, good at defending, not so good at attacking. Although I will say from this past game week, Burnley had an absolute nailed-on penalty where I think Barnes got hacked and he got a yellow card for diving. And then he started shouting at the referee. He should have got sent off. Um, but yeah, maybe Ashley Barnes, he scored again this game week. He got the last-minute penalty. Um, but yeah, I think a very low-scoring, boring affair, this one. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think Ashley Barnes is a player I love to hate, um, but also kind of just generally love anyway. I think he, he, he causes so many... Um, fouls on the pitch and he's so mouthy and so aggressive so maybe this is you know maybe this is a bit of his own treatment back at him yeah. he'll definitely get that against Duncan Duffy yeah <laughs> he is Burnley personified right Ashley Barnes like there is no other team that would like be so perfect for him as Burnley <laughs> yeah but he's having a huge amount of shots at the moment so yeah maybe a good shout Ben if anyone in this game maybe Ashley Barnes but it is not the most enticing fixture fantasy-wise, so let's move on. Um, Andy, a bit more of a tasty one. Um, Spurs versus Leicester. Yeah, Leicester looked pretty good against Man U, um, particularly once the, the sort of stars at Man U started to tire towards the end of the game. Um, they, they really came in, it, like it was a pretty nerve-wracking game to watch as a Man U fan. So um, they're not a bad side at all, Leicester. They've got a lot going for them. They've got a strong uh, midfield base with... Um, Mendy and Ndidi and creativity going forward. So there's they're a decent side, but I don't think they've got enough to beat Spurs at Wembley. Um, Hope Minson is now back. So this sort of attacking problem that Spurs had, where uh, you know all of their players were injured, they've got enough players now to 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 put together a sort of what looks vaguely like a first team for them, even without Harry Kane. Um, Leicester's defense is. It's interesting because all of the individual players are very good in Leicester's defence, but it doesn't seem to add up to a good defence. So I think Spurs will score a few goals. I've transferred in both Son and Llorente, and they will both be in my team for this this week because I think that Spurs will score against Leicester and they're both both likely to be involved with goals. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think very many people have Leicester defenders. Um, I wouldn't advise anybody to, so get rid of them if you do. but yeah, I think you've got Spurs players play them because they're probably and they're expensive anyway. So you wouldn't have them if you weren't going to play them. But um, yeah, don't 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 go, don't go rogue. Don't go Pep Guardiola and surprise everybody. Um, play Spurs players in this game because I think they're going to score. I I have to disagree with you slightly there. I think um, over the last few games that Leicester have looked like they've been able to keep things fairly tight against the bigger teams. So, against Liverpool, they got the 1-1 draw. Man U, they lost narrowly 1-0. But, you know, they've beaten City quite recently. Um, apart from the 4-3 against um, Wolves, they have kept games, you know, pretty tight for goals. Um, 1-0 win against Everton, uh, narrow 2-1 two, two, loss. So, I don't think, especially against the big teams, especially against Spurs, not, you know, with Harry Kane at the moment. I think it might be the same again. I think it might be a narrow score line, um, 1-1, 1-0, something like that. I don't think uh, that Spurs going to run riot in this game. I think Leicester have been keeping things fairly tight. And and I think 
you know, I think after game week 27, when their fixtures turn, well, from game game week 27, I think Pereira in particular is a a good Leicester defender to have. Um, I I don't think they're going to run right either. I think it's maybe a 2-0 or something like that. The one thing with Leicester is that... um... They they start they just start matches very slowly and they conceded a lot of goals in the first ten minutes of games um, against Van U. They conceded a lot of chances in the opening ten minutes as well and, and Rashford missed an absolute sitter in like the third or fourth minute. Um, so I think although you're you're, you're right that they're you know, they're a good team. Um, I I just think they've got weaknesses that can be exposed um, and I think Spurs have enough about them to expose them and and win this like. It's not, it's not going to be nerve-wracking for them. It's not going to be a blowout either. It's maybe a two-goal victory, something like that, I think. Yeah, I think Harry Maguire coming back made a big difference. Like, a couple of game weeks ago, I, I predicted the Claude Puel firing tour, but it definitely did not turn out that way. Yeah, that's true. And it coincided with Maguire coming back. I think just making things more solid. Yeah, Wes Morgan, I think, was a problem for them, wasn't yeah. he? So now that they don't have to play Wes Morgan, that's an improvement. Guys, can I just ring, read out Human Son's... Um, points returned since game week 16 um i think it goes 14 1 21 13 5 13 and then he goes away after but with a blank goes away comes back 9 and 11 straight away he he is on fire this season surely we have to get him into our teams i've already got him so i agree with you yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't don't bring him in. He's he's terrible. You should all, all, all keep your hands off him. He's uh, outscored Salah in that in that window, I think, in that time range. Not surprised. I think maybe if Lee Rusane um doesn't play or doesn't play particularly well in the next fixture, I think with his blank in game week seven, that's a perfect switch over to Sun, surely. No, terrible. <laughs> It's an easy move to make. I'm just saying it. Um, okay. Uh, who's next up? I think that is me with Man City versus Chelsea, the big game of the weekend. Ooh. Um, ooh, indeed. Um, I think I thought about this before we came on. I w- was watching the Chelsea Huddersfield highlights um, and Higuain looking, you know, really dangerous, showing his quality, Hazard, you know, skipping around the Huddersfield defence, smashing goals in. I think that fixture is a bit of a trap. I think, you know, in the previous fixture against Bournemouth, their defence was completely exposed by a good attack, one of the good attacking teams in the league, um, and their their offence was pretty poor. And I think it's more likely that you will see a team closer to the... Um, the team that turned up against Bournemouth than it did against Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield isn't enough of a test um, to make us think that, well, Chelsea are back on form and and Higuain's going to be great. I think this is going to be another fixture for Man City, similar to the Arsenal at home one. I think it's it's theirs for the taking. Um, And I think, yeah, I expect City to win and I expect Chelsea to be on the back foot. And we've seen what happens against Chelsea when you put a man on Jorginho. Um, unless they worked out some tactic to get round that, um, I think that still completely just takes Chelsea's rhythm out. So I'm sure Pep will have noticed something like that or how other teams have gotten to, on top of Chelsea recently. I think they said that David Brooks in the Bournemouth game was was put on Jorginho and 
you know, lots of the Arsenal players, Ramsey, I think, was the one who was singled out as being on Jorginho. So if City do something similar or, or Pep has something even better in mind, then I think, yeah, City will run out easy winners for this one. What do you guys reckon? Um, I think City are going to win too. But I think that um, they have a habit of winning, uh, particularly when they're playing against teams that are good at attacking. They concede a goal quite often during their win. So um, it, I think it's it, it's possible that like a Hazard or a or a Higuain might get a get the one in a three one loss something like that. Um, so that that's that that's what I that's what I see happening in this game is City winning but conceding. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, ben, last one up. It's Wolves Newcastle. What do you think? Um, so. I love all my Wolves players because they've been returning points and Wolves are really good now, I think. They've beaten Everton. Uh, they beat West Ham comfortably. Um, they beat Leicester the, the game before. So they, they're in a really good um, swing of form. Newcastle, always difficult to beat. Spurs only beat them 1-0. Defensively, very solid. Um, so I think they'll be fairly low scoring. Um, maybe a narrow win for Wolves or maybe even like a, a draw, like a one-all is kind of what I, I see. Newcastle just hard to beat, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I go narrow Wolves win or a low-scoring draw. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think that's pretty fair. I think Newcastle can keep things tight, but Wolves are in really good form at the moment, so fair enough. I think um, you've Shouted this out a couple of times on the pod previously, Duncan. But Diogo Jota is one I was watching to see whether he kept his place in the side because he, at the start of the season, he was expected to do big things. He was so good in the championship, but then didn't actually make the team because he looked a bit off the pace at this level. Well, he seems to have got his place back and has has done very well in the last few games. So at six million, I think he's a a pretty good shout for the next, uh, well, for the rest of the season, really. Yeah, he's he's basically one of their two forwards. He's basically yeah. playing a striker, <laughs> and he's a good player. He's yeah. just uh, I think he took time to adapt to the pace of the Premier League, which he now seems to have done. So yeah. I think he's a really really good player to watch out for. On Jota, I think um, just be wary of players that you're bringing in at the moment and whether they're going to have a blank in game week 31 and potentially game week 33. I think Wolves at the moment are still in the FA Cup. They've got a replay coming up this Tuesday against Shrewsbury, which I assume they will win that at home. Um, but I just keep an eye on, look at the probabilities on Ben Krellin's Twitter um, of teams being likely to blank in those fixtures. Because I think Jot is a great option. Um, I'd love to bring him in as a replacement for Felipe Anderson or Richarlison, get that kind of money as well for a, potentially a better player. But just be wary of those blanks with any players you're bringing in at the moment. Um, I think the the teams that look good for those for both those blanks at the moment are Arsenal, Burnley, Huddersfield, Liverpool, Leicester, and Bournemouth. Um, so yeah, just bear that in mind, I'd say. But yeah, Jota is looking on fire at the moment. Um, what about whipping boys for this week, Ben? Who's your whipping boy for game week twenty six? Yeah, I'm torn between Huddersfield and Bournemouth, but maybe I'll go. Bournemouth was Liverpool at home. Okay. What about you, Andy? Uh, I'm going to go Huddersfield. I think they're the worst team in the league and they've already decided to plan for going down. So 
yeah, I think Arsenal will uh, will tear a new one. Yeah, I have to agree. I think I I normally am quite a negative Arsenal fan, but I think Bournemouth are looking quite good at the moment. I know they just lost to Cardiff, but I think they're a better team, a much better team than Huddersfield. So I'm going to go Huddersfield as the whipping boys at home to Arsenal. Um, yeah, with with Bournemouth close second. What about um, gut punts? Ben, who's your gut punt for game week 26? My gut punt is going to be James Ward-Prowse from Southampton against uh, Cardiff at home. He's 5.1, 1.7% ownership, so he qualifies. Um, yeah, he's been scoring a lot, crossing a lot. Um, and I think Southampton at home will, will do against Cardiff, so he's my pick. And he might even be up there as a penalty taker because he used to take penalties, didn't he? But I'm I'm assuming Danny Ings takes them now. Yeah, but Danny Ings got injured, I think, hamstring. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. He got injured again. Classic Danny Ings. <laughs> oh, my God. He did get injured again. Unbelievable. Um, okay, fair enough. Yep, good shout, James Ward-Prowse. Um, yeah, he got three three big returns, two nine-pointers and a ten-pointer, I think, recently before his blank. So, yeah, it's a great shout. Um, I'm going to jump in before Andy because I'm worried he's going to steal mine. Um, <laughs> sorry, Andy. So my my gut punt for game week 20, 26, Andy mentioned him quite heavily in his preview, is Mishi Batshuayi. Um, he's, he's playing against a West Ham team who I think are in a bad place at the moment. And he came in. Uh, with his first game this game week and got an assist. Um, I think Palace is quite a positive place to be at the moment, so I'd expect him to start the next game, and I think he could be a really good fit for them. He had a, a really good scoring record at Dortmund when he was there um, on loan. Uh, I think he got five in ten. Not so good at Valencia, but I think he could re, re- find his form um, definitely at Palace, so I'm, I'm going to back him. Andy, what about you? I did think very hard about that, Swahi, so you were right to jump in ahead of me, but he's not my gut fun. Um, I'm going to go with Romelu Lukaku with a 3.8% team selected by rate. Um, I think that Fulham have an absolutely atrocious defence and will have no answer to Man U, so they could they, they, they would have been a pretty sound choice for whipping boys as well. Um, I think that we're going to rotate for that game because of the PSG games coming up and because the team looks so tired this week at the end of the Leicester game. Um, so I think it's likely that, that Lukaku will get a start in that game and um, and will score. Does that mean that Rashford might be rested? Uh, it might do, not necessarily, but it might do. Um, there are two ways that he could rotate for this game. He could either go with the four-three-three and and rest Rashford, or it might be that he plays uh, the sort of four-four-two diamond formation with either Mata, Lingard, or Sanchez at the tip. And then uh, Lukaku kind of plays the inside right position in that in that uh, in the front line, um, and then on the left, then then Rashford could be the left sided striker alongside Lukaku. So either could happen. Um, but I think in a game like this, if Lukaku is a really obvious player to bring in because he's definitely good enough to play for <laughs> against Fulham. So um, and their their defenders aren't particularly strong physically. Um, whereas Lukaku is an absolute monster. So I think, um, yeah, I think he was suited to scoring against them. I think that's a great shout. I can't believe he's so lowly owned. Um, I 
We should also shout out Gary this week has gone for Chris Wood as his cut punt um, in their fixture against Brighton. So I think that's a that's not a bad shout in the tussle of Duncan Duffy. We'll see if Chris Wood can come out on top. I just want to review our picks from last week before we move on. I should have done that at the start. Andy, you went for Lamella, which didn't come off, but wasn't a bad shout. Ben, you went for Ramsey, which was a bad shout, and I told you that after you picked him. <laughs> um, I I went for Diego Jota because I was cheating and he'd just scored a hat-trick, um, and he came in with six points. Matt did really well, went for Ryan Barbel, um, who came in with seven points, I think. And Gary went for Redmond, who I think blanked um, in that game week 24 that we were choosing those gut punts for before his big haul, of course, in game week 25, unfortunately. So the table as it stands, Gary's keeping track of it. And Matt currently is at the top with 15 points, two out of two returns. I'm second with nine on, uh, alongside Gary on nine. And then it's Andy on seven, Ben on three. So not doing too bad, I think, as a whole. Um, I was a bit worried we'd start tracking our gut punts and we'd see that we we're completely terrible at predicting, but we're doing okay, apart from Ben, who is, of course, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I'm um, focused on the real game. I don't, I don't care about the gut, <laughs> gut punt. The gut punt is the real game. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's all about the gut punts. What about clean sheets? Um, ben, I'm going to come to you for your first clean sheet. I will go... Liverpool. Yeah. Not a bad shout. Liverpool at home. Andy? Uh, Palace against West Ham. Yeah. I would love that. I would love that clean sheet. Okay. I'm looking for Man United. Where are they? At the top. Right at the top against Fulham. Yeah, I'm going to go for Man United. Okay, back to you, Ben. I'm going to go Burnley. Burnley away to Brighton. Okay. Andy? Um, Wolves against Newcastle. Yeah. Wolves hopefully getting back to clean sheet form. Um, and that's not a bad fixture for it. I am then going to go for Southampton. I think, annoyingly, lots of people have brought in Bednarek and he seems to be doing quite well. I think he might continue to do quite well in this fixture. Uh, no way. Not against the money ass. <laughs> um, ben, what do you reckon? Any more? I think Spurs might keep a clean sheet. Maybe. Yep. They could do. So could Watford. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about Watford. I just think they're conceding so many chances at the moment. I don't think they will. Um, bottom of the league for chances conceded um, last I looked before this game week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would hopefully say City, but I don't think you can bank on them in in those games. So I'm going to go for Arsenal away to Huddersfield because Huddersfield just can't score goals. I can't believe Arsenal are last playing Huddersfield as as Huddersfield are our whipping boys. Um so yeah, I think that wraps it up. Um, captains and transfers. Ben, I'm going to come to you first. So I saved this game week, um, trying to prepare for the the blank game weeks, and um, 
so I need to get rid of my Chelsea assets because they, I think they blank pretty soon and they have Man City as the, the preceding game. So I'm going to do Hazard to Hyungmin Son. Although I, I do agree that it is probably a difficult game for Tottenham, but I think I sh- I'm just going to do that now. And then I think I want to do Alonso to Trent Alexander-Arnold if he trains this week. Um, and I may do a third, but I'm not sure. So interested what you guys think. I can either do Firmino to Aubameyang this week or save it and take a hit or save it for the next week. Because Firmino I... does have Bournemouth at home, which is a good, I think, a good fixture. Um, but like we said, Arsenal will probably thrash um, Huddersfield. So that's what I'm thinking is the third transfer. I just, I'd urge caution with Trent because I've had him quite a lot of the season and I've tried to match Robertson's points with less money on Trent and it just hasn't worked at all. So I think if you've got an opportunity to get Robertson in, if you can afford that, it looks like you're downgrading from Hazard, so you'll be getting some money. Um, you've already got a bit of cash in the bank. Can you afford Son, um, Robertson and Aubameyang for Firmino? I don't know. Let me see. That seems very expensive. Yeah, that, that's a lot. They're, 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 they're all premium options there, aren't they? If you can, oh, I, can. I would I do can it. it. <laughs> I would definitely do that. I wouldn't I would not go without Robertson if you can afford him. I don't know. Like he's, the, the price difference is so big between them. You do save a lot of money, right? You do save a lot of money, but Trent he doesn't, just, play. <laughs> he doesn't play. He just misses games. There's injuries. He gets rotated um, and Robertson just plays every game and he's attacking in every game. He's creating chances and getting assists. I, yeah, I think you can't really go without him this season. If you've got a chance mm. to bring him in with two transfers, do it. Would you do Obama Yang for a hit? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I think uh, Bournemouth is a good enough fixture. Like The chances of um, Aubameyang getting four more points than Firmino I think is probably less likely than um, not doing that. And Firmino's looked good recently. He's got a lot of shots on target and he's looked yeah. a lot better. So I, I wouldn't take a hit for that. I want to see how he does tomorrow and then maybe decide. What about your captaincy? Uh, Salah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Hopefully the Egyptian king will return to form. Um, not that one match isn't a lack of form. What about you, Andy, for your captains and transfers? So I'm a little bit spooked about Sané at the moment um, because Pep has a habit of, for the big games, doing something weird and unexpected, which often involves dropping Sané. So given that you've got a big game and then a blank, um, I'm thinking about losing Sané for this week and, uh, and bringing in either Jota because he could be, he's a, the Newcastle game is the kind of game where he might pop up with a goal, um, basically saving some money so that then I can upgrade Llorente to, um, to somebody else. So that's one option. My other option is I really want Batswahi. So I might, I have 0.7 in the bank. Um, that's not quite enough, is it? So I can't do Llorente to Batswahi. So yeah, um, my kind of, my, my overall goal really is to is to do Urenta for Batswahi once Batswahi makes his way into the Palace first team. 
So to enable that transfer, I might do Sané for somebody cheap, which might be Jota this week. And then the following week, I can do Llorente um, for, for Batuahi. Yeah, nice. Um, you're, you're kind of, annoyingly, you can't just go Sané to Sun, the easy transfer to generate that cash because you already have Sun. Um, so it's a tricky one. But yeah, Jota looks good, good fixtures. But I just would urge you to have a look at those um Percentage, you know, the likely chance of blanks, and keep an eye on that fixture for Wolves in the FA Cup on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, the the, the good thing for me is that I don't have um, a lot of City players for the blank weeks. Um, if I get rid of Sane, I won't have any City players at all. So I could bench the entire like, I could have three three Wolves players, bench them all, and still have a full team out for the blank game weeks. But not the United players. Um, the well, one of the Wolves players is a goalkeeper, right? You're right. I would, I would, you're right. But two United players, I would never full game, full full team. You're entirely right, Duncan. I have counted that wrong. And you're not um, sure about Palace as well or Spurs. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, this is the thing: when you're not sure, you don't know whether you're. You could you could plan your entire team around. There might be a blank Palace, and then, um, like not actually. Then miss out on points through doing that. That you like more points through doing that than you make back during the blank game week. So I don't know. Um, I haven't really decided what to do yet. But I, I, I think that's why he's like one of those players that um, he'll go on a run and everyone's going to want him. And even if he's got a blank, like he in in the course of the season will score so many points that you you really want him. Um, and then of course a blank game week also means double game week somewhere else in the season. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, fair enough. And your captaincy this week? Um, my captaincy is going to be Aubameyang. Oh, I thought you were going to say Son. Um, yeah, it's, it's because I, I've actually got three. It, it could have been Salah, it could have been Son, or it could have been Aubameyang. Right, they're all pretty, uh, pretty decent shouts given the, the teams they're playing against. But um, Huddersfield just looks so awful at the moment that um, I think Arsenal are going to have a field day. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for my team, I, I my kind of planning that I kind of sketched out before the double game week was that I would bring in Laporte for the double game week and then I would hold for a week and try and build up two transfers because actually looking at my team, um, I think the injuries that I have, like Fabianski, I think he will be fine, I'm hoping, for tomorrow night against Liverpool. And I'm hoping that Trent will be fit and available against Bournemouth. But even if he's not, you know, I've got Wan-Bissaka, um, Laporte and Doherty. Doherty um, and I've got Felipe Anderson on the bench ready to come in. So I think my team looks pretty strong and maybe I should just be sensible and just hold rather than do what I've been doing recently, which is making slightly rash transfers um, I do have the option of changing Firmino for Aubameyang, but I think like you guys have been saying recently, um, just now, that it's not worth it really, potentially, for a good fixture for Firmino, um, good fixture for Aubameyang. Is the difference going to be that great? Um, I'm not sure it's worth a transfer for that one. Um, so I might wait for game week 27 when Liverpool have a tougher fixture um, and I'll have two two free transfers to to decide who to get rid of out of Richarlison, Sane and Laporte. Um, yeah, I'm pretty keen on the idea of Sane um, to Son for 
uh, Tottenham's fixture. Um, so I might make that move if it looks like Sane's out of favour at the moment because a fixture against Chelsea at home isn't a great one. Um, so yeah, maybe Son's an easier move. Um, yeah, so I think that's me. Captaincy, yeah, Salah at home to Bournemouth. I'm going to set that now before I forget. Um, nice one. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, we're at FPLFFanatics. Um, any more for any more, or should we say farewell? Farewell. I hope you keep bottling it, Duncan. <laughs> Thanks. I can just, Matt can just feel, feel me falling apart and hear me falling apart. Say goodbye, Andy. I'm going to say goodbye by, uh, with a word of, uh, of encouragement for Cardiff. Can you please go and screw Matt Nias? <laughs> <laughs>